Listener Production. Hello and welcome to The Briefing. It's Katrina Blowers and Tom Tilly here with you. Last week, the boss of the AFP threw a fireball into the Generation Wars when he said this. We learnt too that Gen Z, the younger generation, need three times a week praise from their supervisors. Um, The next generation only need three times a year and my generation only need once a year. (laughs) Very strong stuff there from Reese Kershaw. I think that... Katrina is the biggest contribution to the generational wars since the smashed avocado comments, um, <laughs> where a certain demographer said we need to spend less money on smashed avocado in order to afford a house. Yeah, I think it makes the younger generation sound really soft by comparison. Mm. So in this episode, we're going to be digging deeper on those comments. What did he get right and what did he get wrong? Yeah, it turns out he'd actually misquoted some research. So we'll find out what the research actually says and discuss how different Generation Z is when it comes to the workplace. First, today's headlines. It's Tuesday, the 30th of May. Some big news out of WA. Today I'm announcing that I'll be stepping down as Premier and as member for Rockingham. That's Western Australian Premier Mark McGowan announcing yesterday that he's resigning after six years in the job. The truth is I'm tired, extremely tired. In fact, I'm exhausted. The role of political leadership doesn't stop. It's relentless. It comes with huge responsibility that is all-consuming each and every day. Yeah, so I found this so interesting, Tom, given he seemed to be in the absolute peak of his career. Mm. He is such a dominant force in politics in WA and still relatively young in his 50s to to be citing exhaustion as a reason for stepping down rather than saying, I've achieved everything I wanted to achieve in my political career. Yeah, well, normally when people say, you know, I've, I've done enough, I'm tired, they're about to get voted out anyway. Like that was the situation with Jacinda yeah. Ardern. Um, but that is not the case with Mark McGowan. He won 53 out of 59 seats at the last election. He, he almost certainly would have won the next election. So I think his reason there is fairly legitimate. You can understand that those COVID years in particular would have been very taxing. Oh, taxing, but I mean, he was so beloved during that Mm. time, I guess, for being so parochial. It meant that shutting WA off from the rest of Australia meant that people living there pretty much got to live business as usual. I mean, during that time, he had a 91% approval rating and appointed Mm. himself treasurer as well as being the premier. Well, the damage control continues for accounting firm PwC. It's ordered nine of its partners to take immediate leave pending the investigation into the leaking of confidential federal government tax information to corporate clients. Uh, The chairs of its governance and risk committee will also be stepping down. And the acting chief executive, Kristen Stubbins, issued an open letter yesterday with this news and apologised for betraying the trust placed in us. But the federal government's not satisfied. Some pretty strong comments, Katrina, from Labor Senator Deborah O'Neill, who said this is a cover-up unless PwC reveal the names of all the partners involved, not just the nine we mentioned, but all 53 partners involved. I just look at this and I just think what a public relations disaster the way that all of this has been handled. I find it hard to imagine how PwC is going to bounce back from this uh, such reputational damage. 
Chris Dawson is standing trial over alleged sexual activity with one of his underage students. He's accused of one count of carnal knowledge as a teacher of a girl aged over 10 and under 17 years of age. So carnal knowledge is a charge that existed during the 1980s when this offence is alleged to have occurred. The former teacher and rugby player convicted of murdering his wife Lynette in January 1982 was jailed in 2022, with a judge finding he was motivated by a desire to pursue an unfettered relationship, quote unquote, with one of his students. There is no jury for this trial and the 74-year-old will be given frequent breaks during this upcoming court case because of health issues. And the Seven Network says it has decided who will replace David Kosh after he made the big announcement yesterday that he was leaving Sunrise. It just seems right to exit stage left. I will do so with enormous pride and gratitude and thank you for having me. So there you go, an emotional farewell. He'd been in the job for 21 years. He said he'll still be working with Channel 7 and Sunrise doing financial reports, but his last day as the host of the show will be on June 9. A few days before that, on June 5, 7 will announce who has got the job. Katrina, you work there, so look, I don't know how much information you have or what you're willing to say, but will it be Matt Shovington? Of course, I don't have the inside scoop and I probably would get fired if I announced it here, <laughs> but I reckon it's got to be Shervo. I mean, come on, he's been pretty much hosting that show full time since the beginning of the year and he's also excellent and people seem to love mm. him, but I will throw this little cat amongst the pigeons. Dr. Chris Brown, he joined yeah. up Channel 7. He got a contract with 7 in February. And given that Koshi had announced this to the bosses at 7 late last year and they've kept it quiet and they've been presumably plotting behind mm. the scenes, it does seem very coincidental timing. Yeah, well, he he hasn't started yet either, Chris Brown. So he, he did the deal, but it, it wasn't to start working at 7 till... Um, July is what I read um, yesterday. Mm. So the timing is is very interesting. But yeah, Shervo does seem to have been groomed for this role. Um, Matt Duran, the weekend's host, would have also been in consideration. Mm. Um, and I also think um, Mark Beretta, who does the sport, he's, he's been Koshy's sidekick for many, many oh. years, would also be a good replacement. I love Barrett's and yeah, maybe he doesn't want the role. Who knows? Cause he's been doing breakfast television for a long time as well. But yeah, he'd be, he'd be awesome at it. But you never know. They might put another woman in, um, following the lead of a lot of US breakfast shows. So gosh, it's anyone's game right now. Well, Channel 9 tried that and, um, then they yeah. brought Carl back. So <laughs> not sure how that will go in Australia. <laughs> yeah. And a Melbourne nightclub is under investigation by Victoria's conservation regulator after live reptiles were passed around the venue, prompting backlash on social media. So this venue called Two Wrongs, which I think gives you some clue as to the vibe <laughs> they're going for, uh, they shared images on their socials of guests. There were quite a few influencers, including the new boyfriend of Olivia Molly Rogers. I don't know if you know who she is, Tom, but she's a no. former Miss Universe. She's got heaps of followers. Um, they, they only went public with their relationship just recently. Not surprisingly, 
a lot of these pictures of, of influencers posing with snakes and crocodiles have been taken off, never to be seen again, except by accounts that screenshotted them before they were deleted. <laughs> so people are really angry that these animals were used as promotional tools. They said that, you know, it's noisy in nightclubs and that it's not a great oh. place for these animals. Oh, come on. Can't we have any fun? I mean, seriously. Oh <laughs> you can't. I think it's a great idea. Get some animals into a nightclub. It's hilarious. Oh. Like, nightclubs are supposed to be ridiculous. Well, they are, but not at the expense of live animals. You just can't do this stuff anymore. I thought snakes liked vibrations and sounds. <laughs> Oh, sorry, it's the other way around. You stomp your feet yeah. when you're trying to scare them off. To okay. Get them, yeah, to get them off the path. Anyway, you can't do this stuff anymore and, uh, yeah, fair cop. All right, now to our talk about Gen Z and how much praise they need. I have to celebrate you, baby. I have to praise you like I should. We learnt too that Gen Z need three times a week praise from their supervisors. So, Tom, the AFP boss made quite a few headlines last week when he said younger workers needed praise three times a week. (laughs) What did Mm. you think when you heard about that? Well, I thought, oh, God, he's worked on that line a bit too hard. Uh, (laughs) He really sort of um, (laughs) tried to nail that point. But really, there were two competing thoughts for me. On one side, I thought, oh, wow, he's really picking a fight with his future workforce here. I don't think these will be really helpful in him getting on with his employees. But I also thought maybe there is some truth to that. Well, it was interesting that the AFP had to put out a statement the very next morning clarifying that this wasn't his view. It had been presented to him by an Australian trend forecaster, Michael McQueen, and he was quoting some research from a Gallup study done last year. Turns out those comments vastly exaggerated that research. The study, in fact, found that Gen Z and younger millennial employees, so that's anyone born after 1989, were 73% more likely to say they wanted recognition at least a few times a month. So not three times a week, but a few times a month. But that is higher to baby boomers who were born between 1946 and 1964. That is quite interesting. So he's exaggerated. He said three times a week when it was three times a month. And he used the word praise instead of recognition, which are two different things. But you'd have to agree he was heading in the right direction. That is essentially the way the trend is pointing, even though he exaggerated it. Yeah, I mean, look, this has gone on for thousands of years, this Mm. sort of idea that older people blaming the younger generation for being slackers or not knowing as much. Um, Aristotle was quoted back in 4th century BC saying, the younger generation thinks they know everything and they're always quite sure about it. So Mm. it's not new. We're going to speak to an organisational psychologist to find out what the real differences are in the workplace amongst the different generations. But to start with, we want to just check in with our Generation Z producer, Helen Smith. Um, Now, Helen deserves praise but never demands it. Helen, what did you think when you heard those comments? Kind of was only natural because we are in the workforce. We're just starting out in the workforce. Of course, we're going to get more praise than our managers or our bosses because they're the managers, they're bosses, they know what they're doing and we're learning. So Mm. that feedback, that constructive criticism or that praise is so important. I also think that my generation, the Gen Z, we are so much more aware of our mental health in the workplace as well. 
it's a luxury that we kind of have that we do know the impacts of mental health in the workplace. And yeah, we will praise each other. We will give feedback because we know how important that is in the long term of, you know, having a great work-life balance, I guess. Yeah. All right. That's a really good insight. Um, Let's go to the organisational psychologist, Amanda Ferguson now. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. What did you make of of Helen's comment there that, of course, if you're in the earlier stage of your career, you're going to need more feedback? Oh, I agree with that. And I think there's lots of other variables contributing to why they would want more feedback. You know, attention spans we know are diminishing because of device use. Um, There's a lot more anxiety in the environment for that generation as well. Well, that's an interesting point because that's the second point Helen made is that they're more cognizant of of mental health issues and the way the workplace can can impact your mental health. Yeah, the workplace and the world, the environment. When we talk about needing feedback, can we clarify what that actually means? Because the AFP Commissioner, Rhys Kershaw, was saying that young people need praise in the workplace, but is that what they need or do they just need some structured feedback? Praise, in my reading of the literature, is a fairly recent phenomenon that the research is just starting to focus on, but communication recognition and the expectations of Gen Z is higher than previous generations in terms of how much recognition and feedback that they'll receive and need. Right. But was that previous research looking at how much praise early generations needed, was that done when they were at the early stage of their career? Because I feel like, you know, to have a apples v apples comparison here, you need to be asking this question at a certain career point rather than just spanning across the generations at one point in time. I'm sure there will be research that really dives into those generational differences in terms of recognition. Um, I'm looking at the overall research that shows that these feedback mechanisms are really important. And we know that the VUCA times we currently live in, which is very much impacting Gen Z, and when I say VUCA, I mean volatile, uncertain, challenging, ambiguous, Mm. is a major phenomenon that organisational psychology is looking at at the moment, which is impacting the younger generations more so. So with that uncertainty, with that volatility impacting them, of course they're going to need more feedback. They're, They're going to have different requirements from previous generations. I think every generation would argue that they've had their own set of unique challenges or or things that are going on in the world at, at the particular moment that they're transitioning through the career ranks. Is it the case that millennials are experiencing more of that volatility and uncertainty right now? Absolutely. And look, we all are, but they're coming into the workforce. They're just starting to build their careers and their lives. So We know there's a recent piece of research that shows that Gen Z has less resilience than Gen X. Right. That's a really interesting point. I mean, does that essentially back up what Kershaw was saying, even though he exaggerated the research? You know, he said they needed a few times a week when the research says a few times a month. And he also characterised it as praise rather than recognition. But essentially, was he right? We're seeing a trend where there is um, an expectation and 
I would imagine a need, given the research showing the less resilience, for feedback, more feedback for younger generations. And uh, we know the research is showing they want consistent feedback, recognition and so forth, and more flexibility, more autonomy, uh, communications in general. And we know they're going to need more soft skills. So playing into the need for their soft skills is our ability to recognise them. And um, I think constructive criticism is so important as well. There's a lot of focus from that article about um, praise, but constructive criticism is something that we build resilience through, So, as well as the, the social skills. So we mustn't just underestimate those things. So why are they less resilient, the younger generation, and, and why do they need more recognition? I think there's so many variables at stake. I think we're in this uncertain time. We've got climate anxiety. We've got wars, um, racial discrimination and a lot of division within society. We've just had the pandemic and lockdowns. And so the younger generation in particular hasn't had the ability to build the soft skills of being in the workplace. I mean, that's been derailed for a lot of them. A lot of them missed out on university graduations and so forth. So We've got the algorithms on devices. It's really diminishing concentration spans. You know, there's this focus on appearance um, uh, with regard to the selfie generation. So there's a lot of variables playing into and pressurising the younger generations. That was Dr. Amanda Ferguson, organisational psychologist. I want to get um, Helen back, representing the whole of Gen Z here on the briefing. But what did you make (laughs) of Amanda's statement there that Gen Z is less resilient than previous generations. Do you think there's any truth to that? I think maybe half truth because I definitely think we haven't grown up in the hardest of times and also technology has really helped my generation a lot when it comes to education, resources, learning like about mental health, for example. It's right at our fingertips. We have so much more uh, that we can just find straight away and learn about mm. and better ourselves for that. But I also think we haven't grown up in the hardest time. Like when I was in high school, when I was in uni, I wasn't growing up in a war zone. Mm. I was living in a very... It wasn't the Great Depression. No, but we've also faced so many new challenges that other generations mm. haven't when it comes to our devices and social media. I totally agree with that, Helen. And I would say that the expectation on you entering the workforce now is far greater than on any generation that has come before you because you now, with technology, are expected to answer emails and text messages at all times of the day. You are expected to be completely switched on because you do have all that information at your fingertips. So probably the expectation on you as a producer is greater than it's ever been. So I think it's definitely all very relative. Mm, Plus she has to work with us. (laughs) Seriously though, Helen, would you like more praise? (laughs) Um, No, I I think I'm very lucky. I think I do work with you guys, a great team. Also like Eleanor, senior producer. I get a lot of praise because of where I am and in my workplace. So I also think it's so dependent on where you work and Mm. what industry you work in. That is such a big thing as well. Like, of course, if you're in a workplace that you're going to get more praise or you're in a workplace that is more conscious about your mental health Mm. and about your hours, your work-life balance, yeah, you're going to get more praise. You're probably going to have a better work-life balance. But in some industries, like I know some of my girlfriends are nurses, like they're not going to get praise 24-7. They're they're on the job. Mm. They're doing these crazy hours. And of course, every workplace is going to be different, but I'm good with my praise. (laughs) Good. And we love you. So please stay. (laughs) 
Now.